Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the NFL Draft Triple Take presented by UPMC. And uh, a reminder before we get going today that all of these videos will be shared on Steelers.com, the Steelers mobile app, and the Steelers official YouTube page. Uh, you can also uh, hear this audio in the Triple Take podcast on Steelers Nation Radio. And, of course, you can subscribe to that uh, aforementioned Triple Take podcast wherever you download your favorite on-demand audio content. I'm Mike Pursuta, joined as always by Matt Williamson and Dale Lawley. We're here to review our uh, most interesting tight ends uh, heading into the upcoming NFL draft. If you uh, have been with us previously, you know the format. Each of us will count down our top five uh, selections, if you will, or candidates, prospects, and then we'll also throw you a sleeper, just a little bit uh, more to chew on before we get out of here. But Matt, uh, I wanted to start with you today, first talking about the position in general. And it seems like, boy, if there's a if there's a spot on the field where it's harder to translate what guys do in college to what they're going to do in the NFL, if there's a harder spot to do that than tight end, there aren't many. Yeah, it really is. I mean, very few come into the league and produce at a high level. You really are kind of learning two different positions in terms of pass protections and blocking schemes as long as, as well as routes. And a lot of these route combinations and offensive philosophies are, you know, adjusting on the fly. Is this man or zone? Should I sit it down? Should I run through it? And, and the stats show you usually it takes tight ends to about age 27 until they hit their peak, which is much later than backs or receivers. Yeah. To, to Matt's point, I look at that much the same way as I look at inside linebacker, because you know, you're, you're being asked to do so many different things at inside linebacker. You're asked to cover, you're asked to, you know, play the run. Uh, you're playing zone coverage, you're playing man coverage, the tight end position. They, they're doing a lot of the same stuff. Uh, you know, you're, you're reading defenses on the run. Uh, you're being asked to run block. You're being asked to pass block. There's a lot thrown at these guys. That's why I think you see a lot of former quarterbacks get moved to the tight end position uh, just because, you know, Hey, these guys got to be smart. They got to be, you know, able to, to uh, digest things quickly on the run. And I think a lot of former quarterbacks can at least do that in the passing game where they lack a little bit is in the, uh, is in the blocking part of it. And that's a problem with a lot of these guys coming out of college. Yeah. It's an interesting uh, point you make though, Dale, Uh, a lot of these quarterbacks, if you're any kind of prospect, you've got the size and the frame. So if you can put on some weight and then, you know, apply that to, to the responsibilities that you uh, gain at tight end and still keep that knowledge of offenses and how the passing game works. Uh, Logan Thomas has made a nice transition down there for the Washington football team. Uh, Virginia Tech quarterback and NFL tight end and a pretty good one. Yeah, Heath Miller was a quarter was uh, was a quarterback when he went to Virginia and you know moved to tight end. So you see that a lot with a lot of the the very good ones that they. Uh, you know, didn't start out at the tight end position, but they wind up there. A lot of them are just big receivers. We see a lot of that as well, but you see also a lot of these quarterbacks being moved to tight end. Matt, let's uh, let's get into our top five. So we'll start with you at uh, number five. Yeah, and I'll say, I mean, I had a hard time coming up with number five. I mean, the top four, whatever order you want to put them, I bet we Ooh. probably have the same names. So I went digging, and I didn't know anything about Kylan Granson from SMU. I mean, he's under 6'2". He's a little over 240 pounds. He's not for everyone. He's not an inline Mark Bruner, that's for sure. I mean, he he plays tight end. He plays slot receiver, H-back, lines up at running back, lines up out wide. Total movable chess piece. 
that has to go to the right offense. Maybe like even a Kyle Juszczyk, who they're called fullback, but he does the same type of things. So he has to go in the right spot, but he's an interesting player, moves well and was productive. Yeah, my guy, I went to where else? The SEC, uh, and I picked uh, Kenny Yaboa. Uh, he's, he's a, out of Ole Miss. He's 6'6", six, well, six, 244 pounds. Matt, I don't know if Dale's team's going to be a, a playoff caliber team, but I bet they win the Sugar Bowl. <laughs> That's what I'm going for here, Mike. That's what I'm going for. Uh, much like Matt, I, I struggled to find that fifth tight end, but this guy caught my eye, uh, and he caught my eye because I watched his tape against Alabama, and he had seven catches for 181 yards and two touchdowns against Alabama. Uh, that, that, that's definitely showing that you can do it at a high level. Uh, he's, he's a little high waisted, uh, he's long legs. I think he can fill out. He's not the, the greatest blocker, but he's willing to do so. Um, and, and he's a matchup kind of nightmare. I mean, 27 catches for 524 yards and six scores, uh, last season. He shows you he can get down the field a little bit, uh, again, taking advantage of that size. So I, I, I put him in that number five spot. I, I, I feel you on that uh, point doing it against Alabama. If he'd have done it a little bit more against anybody else, we might not be talking about him as a number five, but uh, the Bama tape impressive. I've got Trey McKitty of Georgia. And Matt, to your point about having a hard time finding a fifth guy, this guy caught six passes last season. <laughs> <laughs> when do we get to my sleeper? <laughs> Could have been could have been seven, but he went for two and didn't make it. So he was stuck <laughs> on six. But they loved him at the senior bowl, 6'4, 244. He did catch the ball at Florida State before he transferred to Georgia. And since so much of this position is projecting, I just think if he ends up with a team that actually wants to throw him the ball, he might be pretty good. Uh it's a it's a fifth uh tight end prospect. Uh he's not my uh top ten selection uh, overall or anything of that nature, but uh, hey, as fifth tight end, why not? As fourth tight end, I've got Brevin Jordan of Miami. And uh, I'll tell you what blew me away about this guy. Uh, looking at some videos, and uh, he lined up against Florida State, and there was a sweep right, and he had a safety on him at the line of scrimmage. Now, he, tight end's got a height-weight advantage on a safety, but the play was on the right hash, and he blocked that poor safety past the sideline. I mean, he just didn't stop. He just locked on and shoved the guy and kept driving his legs. And I thought, okay, this guy wants a block. We can teach him the rest. Yeah, I have him at number four too, Mike. And uh, you, to your point, he is a little undersized. Uh, they list him at 235 pounds. Kind of reminds me a little bit of Evan Ingram uh, with the Giants uh, in that respect. Uh, but he's a downfield weapon in the passing game, averaged 15.2 yards per catch last season. Um, not a great blocker, but a willing blocker to your point. Uh, you know, he's going to lose some battles against defensive ends and that kind of stuff. But a lot of these guys will, uh, but you have to be willing first to do, to do those things before, you know, be, before, uh, you, you know, you can learn how to get better at that and he'll get bigger as he's in the NFL. Uh, but he's a weapon and I think you can use him in that respect, uh, you know, early in his career while he learns the blocking part of it. Yeah, Jordan's my number three guy for basically all the same reasons you guys mentioned. Just a couple other notes to throw on top of him. Really good after the catch. I had him three instead of four just because in today's NFL, mismatches are, key, are king, and he can create some of those type of things. He's going to give linebackers problems. I mentioned really good after the catch. He is small, but he's also really young for the position coming into the league as a young guy. He'll probably throw another 10 pounds on in the next couple of years. 
his catching radius isn't great though because of his small size he doesn't have these huge tight end catching radius but you get him in space he does a lot of damage Matt you said you've got Brevin Jordan as your three right yes and uh Hunter Long is your number four correct and Long's the traditional guy I mean he's an inline Y he's good in the passing game he's a good blocker he's got size really doesn't stand out and wow you in any, you know, particular, you know, situation or, uh, you know, traits, but he's a good athlete. I mean, his speed is probably a little underrated focal point of Boston college's passing game. Good football player. Yeah. To your point about being the focal point of uh, Boston college's passing game. And I have him at three, he had 89 targets last year. That was 22 more than any other tight end in the, in the nation. Uh, so, I mean, that kind of tells you that's Boston College. Uh, we understand that. But it tells you a little bit what they thought of him, uh, you know, as a player. Um, I think he's I think he's solid. All right. You, you'll have a tough time finding any real holes in his game. Um, you know, I, I think if, if, if he came out, I don't know, 20 years ago, teams would look at him a little bit differently because he is that true, you know, combo tight end. Uh, that you're looking for, but in you know, in nowadays you're looking for that guy who's, uh, you know, the 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 Travis Kelseys and guys like that that can get down the field and be a real matchup problem. I don't know that Hunter Long is that, but he, you're not going to be you're not going to be angry that he's on the field for you if you draft him. Yeah, that went a long way uh, in my analysis as well. I I've got him at number two just because I don't think he's Kelsey, you know, coming up uh, Travis Kelsey reincarnated. But I think he's probably the surest bet in terms of we know what this guy's going to do for us and we know how to use him. And you got some options there. And he doesn't have the injury history that my number three guy, Pat Fryermuth of Penn State, does. I would, uh, had Fryermuth not undergone back surgery, I'd probably have him at number two. Now, that's not necessarily something that you can't overcome. And Dale, we were talking about Heath Miller before. Uh, he, he had uh, the sports hernia thing coming out of Virginia, and that got fixed and the rest is history with the Steelers. So assuming the medicals check out, Fryermuth's going to be a real good NFL player, I think. But I've got him at three and Hunter Long at two. Matt, uh, you had Jordan at three and Fryermuth at two. Yeah, I already talked about Jordan, and I like him. Fryermuth is a lot more similar to Long. I think he's more gifted. He was also the focal point of Penn State's um, passing game when he was healthy, as you mentioned. Again, a physical guy, a powerful player. I think he breaks a lot of tackles. Uh, a good blocker, but finding great blockers is hard to do now nowadays. Uh, and I think, you know, you mentioned Long earlier, and we, we had talked about how a lot of these guys don't transition the league very quickly. I think Long will, and I think Fryermuth will as well. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, when you, when you have – I mean, if you're looking for size at the position – See, he's 6'6", 259 pounds. I mean, you just don't see that with a guy that can run. Now, he's not the, he's not the best athlete. Again, he's 6'6", 259 pounds. But that's, that's going to be a matchup issue. I don't care who you are because he's going to be bigger than most of the linebackers covering him. He's going to be faster than most of the linebackers covering him, or at least as fast. And you can't put a defensive back on him because he's going to tower over those guys and just overpower them. So I, I think he's going to, to Matt's point, I, I think he and Long come in. And, and play very well uh, right away. And I, I think that with the number one guy too, but uh, you know, yeah, that's kind of a layup. A much different kind of player. Uh, Kyle Pitts of Florida is, uh, he's all of our number ones. Dale, 
is this the biggest disparity uh, between the best prospect at the position and the rest of the field of any position in the draft? Or is Trevor Lawrence in the same kind of category quarterback? I, this seems uh, real obvious to me that Kyle Pitts is the class of the tight ends. This might be a bigger gap than that because I think, you know, when you look at where Pitts is going to be drafted at, um, you know, he could go top five. Uh, he'll definitely probably go top ten. Uh, you may not see another tight end drafted until midway through the second round. Um, you know, it's that kind of situation. And then the fall off, as we talked about trying to find that fifth guy was just, was tough. Uh, you know, so there's not many, there's not as many guys at, at the tight end position as there are at quarterback. Uh, Pitts is, I mean, 6'6", 239 pounds. Uh, he's, he's essentially a little bit bigger than Chase Claypool. Uh, plays a similar style of game to Chase Claypool. They just put a TE next to his name. Uh, he is not going to block anybody. Uh, not that he can't block anybody. He, he'll, he'll at least get in the way uh, that kind of, and do that kind of stuff. But you don't want him doing that on a regular basis. He is a receiving threat. I mean, who, who, how are you matching up to that? You put a cornerback on him because he can run. Well, let me tell you what happened when Mississippi put a cornerback on him. Well, uh, yeah. So I, press coverage. I saw this. I was just watching this today again. And it's press coverage on a red zone play. And he beats the press coverage. Then, then he gets separation at the goal line, catches a low and away fastball right at the pylon and stays in bounds. And the DB comes up like, what? What are you supposed to do? What are you doing with this? Like, you know, the yeah, answer, to your point, Mike, he had 12 touchdown catches on 43 receptions this yeah, year. 12. 12. That's 25, 25% of his catches, but more than that, went for touchdowns this year. I mean, this guy's a red zone magnet. When he wasn't doing what I just described, he was running down the seam, catching the ball, pushing the guy away, and then running away from him. Uh, Matt, this guy, uh, if you're looking for a tight end, uh, he's your guy. I mean, if you, if you think you want the best tight end in the draft, trade yourself into a position to get this guy. I don't even call it, care if you call him tight end or pass catcher. I mean, if Gronk and Randy Moss had a baby, it'd be Kyle Pitts. And <laughs> obviously that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but I think he's really in the conversation. It's an exaggeration. It's an impossibility. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, that, that's probably unlikely to happen. Uh, but I, I think he's in contention to be the second best player in this draft behind Lawrence. A total nightmare. I mean, he's as dangerous as a pass-catching weapon as I can remember, I mean, he may go higher than any tight end in history. I mean, Vernon Davis, Kellen Winslow Jr., I mean, those type of guys, he's rarer than them. What would it look like if Gronk and Mike Ditka had a baby? <laughs> He'd probably be first or second on this list. That'd be a very tough baby. Yes, he wouldn't <laughs> want to mess with it. Uh, Dale, who's your sleeper? Uh, I went to the Big Ten, Mike, and I'm going with Luke Farrell out of Ohio State, and you know, he's 6'6", 256 pounds. Uh, he caught about 25 passes in his entire career at Ohio State. But this guy can block. Uh, he is physical at the point of attack. Uh, this is the kind of player that nobody thinks about when you're going into the draft because all you do is you look at, oh, this guy ran this and that guy ran that and this guy had all these catches and, and did this. Luke Farrell's a guy that you're going to look up 10 years from now and he's still going to be in the NFL because he's going to play special teams for you. He's going to be your, at least your number two uh, tight end because he blocks better. Than, you know, he'll, he'll probably get up to 265, 270 pounds. He's you essentially an extra. He's going to be the next Matt Spade. He's, a, he's a, I mean, but there's nothing wrong with that. 
I mean, if you're taking That's a guy a like Luke Carroll in the seventh round, yeah, those guys yeah. stick around. And and I like this guy. I think I think he's really physical. Yeah, that's uh, Matt. Who you got? Uh, another guy that doesn't have much production is Tony Tremble from Notre Dame. He's their backup tight end. He's their number two. I guess they have a young guy that's a, a real star in the making. Uh, he's not, you know, thinking about it, he really isn't that much to, on the hoof to look at different than Chase Claypool at Notre Dame. I mean, six four ish, two forty ish. You know, really explosive though, and he can run. But boy, the blocking, go YouTube Tony Tremble blocking on and you'll enjoy it. He is nasty. He loves to knock people out. He drives them into the ground. They put him in motion and he blasts defensive ends. I mean, he is a fun guy to watch. I bet he'll be a demon on special teams too. You know, that Notre Dame team the last couple of years, not uh, national champion caliber, but pretty close. You know, good enough to get to the playoff and a lot of interesting guys. We're going to be talking about some more of them as uh, as we go down the road here with these position previews. But they have had it going on the last couple of years, at least in terms of regular seasons and guys really uh, making uh, themselves known. Uh, going back to Claypool, I mean, it's almost like they're an SEC team, Mike. <laughs> well, what I was going to say was, I, I don't know what Notre Dame does to get over that playoff hump, but I don't know what anybody does to get over the Alabama hump. I mean, that just, it, unless you're Alabama or, you know, one or two others, that the road only goes so far. But uh, I'm, I'm trying to give Notre Dame some credit here for, for producing some players, uh, and I think it's going to continue to do so. I went with your guy, uh, Yaboa Dale, my sleeper, uh, just because he had a good game against Alabama. So, you know. Get <laughs> out of him a little more often. On the radar, maybe you're going to be on to something. That's going to do it for our uh, tight end program. But uh, we're going to have uh, many more of these to come leading up to the NFL draft. The NFL draft triple take is presented by UPMC. All these videos will be shared on Steelers.com, the Steelers mobile app, and the Steelers official YouTube page. That's not to be confused with the Steelers unofficial YouTube page. Make sure it's the official. YouTube page. Uh, you can also hear this uh, audio uh, in the Triple Take podcast and on Steelers Nation Radio. You can subscribe to that Triple Take podcast wherever you download your favorite on-demand audio content. From Dale Lawley and Matt Williamson, I'm Mike Persuda. Thanks for finding us, and we will be coming at you again soon. The NFL Draft Triple Take presented by UPMC.